0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Happy Monday. It's a new week and the NFL is gone. The NFL's gone, which means the NBA is firmly in the spotlight now. Uh, Keith, the Super Bowl, did you do anything special for the Super Bowl this year?
2: No, I mean, I watched it. Like, I watched the two NBA games before it and then uh, watched the Super Bowl. We, we just hung out as a family. I uh, It's funny. I don't – it sounds weird to put it this way. I don't enjoy it. I know people are like, no kidding, when your team's not in it. Mm-hmm. But I do also enjoy it because there's, like, no stress involved. Like, I, yeah. I really didn't care who won the game. Um, I was rooting for the 49ers more just because the girls in the house were rooting for the Chiefs. So <laughs> that made it a little fun. But I was like, I don't know. I thought some of the commercials were pretty good. So all around, great game. I mean, that's really yeah. all I care about when I don't care about who wins. It just give us a good game, and it was. So, yeah, so that part was fun.
1: Yeah, uh, same with me. Just kind of hung out around the house. Didn't do anything too exciting. Uh, I wrote about this for our, our substack, stack, uh, the basketball bulletin, about how now the NBA, it, it really is going to come into, come into its own, right? I mean, now you don't have, by the way, there it is. Check it out. Um, it, now that you don't have the NFL taking up all the ratings and things like that. So now it's the NBA's time to really shine. MLB hasn't got going yet. Uh, and I broke down kind of where we're at in terms of the standings and which teams I think are going to be the most exciting down the stretch here. So if you guys haven't checked out the Basketball Bulletin yet, I'll put the link in the description down below. Go check it out. Great way to directly support us. It's something that, uh, that I know I've been having a lot of fun on, and I enjoyed writing this one today. Keith, I'm pretty sure you've been having a good time with it too
2: yeah i have been i I didn't do game notes from the weekend i was very busy uh this weekend i did them for one day but not another and then yesterday there were only two games so i didn't bother i figured if people wanted to watch those ones they probably watched them because there were only two so uh we'll get back to that this week i've got another idea that i want to write about just kind of going through each team and kind of what their goals might be for the rest of the season because obviously you know some is Try to win a title, and then others are uh, develop a player or whatever it may be. So I've been putting together notes on that for each uh, game that is left, and uh, we'll we'll see how or each team rather, uh, and we'll see how it comes together.
1: All right, well, you guys can definitely go check that out over uh, by using the link in the description down below, or you just go to the the URL. It's BasketballBulletin.substack.com. All right. Before um, we
2: get into news, I oh, just want to say. Yeah. Um, we said this a little bit on Friday, but just wanted to tell everybody, um, again, Thursday show killer. How many people, uh, popped in for the, uh, yeah. live stream. It was awesome. It was really cool. Like where the numbers are way up there. Uh, everybody watched it after the fact folks who commented after the fact, and then everybody who showed a lot of love. Cause they didn't think they were getting a show on Friday and and we did one and they seemed uh, very happy about that. I, I, I. Thought we made it clear we weren't doing a live show, but we yes. probably still do a show. Um, but it was, you know, people were unexpected. So I hope that was a pleasant surprise to help people, uh, you know, get, get through, through the end of the week and into the weekend. And you know, we had a blast. And thanks to Sean for coming in and hanging out mm-hmm. for, for a while. Uh, he, he, he was there as our pinch hitter in case you had to step away to do Lakers stuff. And the Lakers decided to delay their uh let's say rest of season transactional work a little bit <laughs> yes, until the bio market. So it uh it worked out. But yeah, we, we had a great time and and the subscriber numbers went went up. So again, thanks to everybody who has uh joined in and subscribed and we're still here. We're still gonna be doing this uh you know m- Monday through Friday and go going all the way through.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a, a good time this week we won't have a, a Friday show because I'll be traveling and we do have the All-Star break and all that, but we will have um, we'll do our, our live show on Thursday instead this week. So that's going to be yep. coming.
2: So we'll have a little front office Thursday.
1: Actually. Front office Thursday and, this for the week. week.
2: And then next week, we'll see what the beginning part of the week looks like. It's the all-star break where we're both trying to get in the last uh, little bit of downtime. We'll have until, what, sometime mid to late July maybe at most. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're we're trying to squeeze squeeze that in as best we can.
1: That's uh that is what it's looking like. It's gonna be July, yeah. probably at the at the earliest. Yeah. Um, that we have any kind of downtime. All right, let's let's get into today's news. Um, I guess let's start here. This was something that uh, that kind of popped out to me, and that's uh Mitch Kupchak stepping down as the Hornets president. Um, you know, this is something that we had kind of heard is was in the works. I always say this whenever we do a story mentioning Mitch Kupchak. I've never seen anyone so talented when it comes to saying a lot of words without actually saying anything. He is insane with how he can do this. And he pulls it off all with a straight face. And in his he mind, he's probably he's probably laughing maniacally uh, as he's saying all this stuff in his head. But uh, but he is incredible at that. He does step down, though, as the Hornets president, which means a uh, new ownership group will bring in their own people. And then and off they go.
2: Yeah, it's funny that timing's a little different on this, right? Because there's a thought of why didn't this happen before? Why didn't you let somebody else run the trade deadline? And I think, though, if you go back and look at the timing all around, new ownership group came in right around the start of the season. So it's a little hard to just kind of get rid of everybody then. Then it is, if you're going to really do this, you need to do it in like mid-December just to get people up to speed. So I'm thinking this was more of a, hey, let's, just we're going to let you kind of do, do your thing here. And I don't think there are any kind of snap decisions on like Thursday night or Friday where it was like, Oh my God, you did such a terrible job. Cause quite frankly, I think for what they were working with, I think the Hornets had a pretty nice trade deadline. I think came away with some future assets, came away with some players that I think are going to be helpful for them, as well as I uh, cleared out some long-term money on the books uh, too, and got off some money just for this season. So all around, I think it was a good uh, trade deadline for them. I might it's a case of this is a way for Mitch Kupchak rather than getting fired at the end of the year or anything getting ugly, he can step aside now and whoever comes in. And it sounds like according to Woj, they're going to be on this right now, which is this is not a bad time because whoever comes in can really set your off season strategy, right? It can be, they can run your draft prep. They can run your transaction prep for the draft period for the off season Mm. period and really go through it that way. So I think this is better than waiting until, april and making a change you get get on it now make your change and i think we all knew this was coming under a new ownership group they want to pick their own people so my guess is this is just the first change of many at the top of the hierarchy there in charlotte and it's probably time considering where the franchise has been and it's not a bad thing
1: no yeah i mean th- this franchise has been uh in a bad spot and now you're going to have new ownership coming in. You're going to have some new decision makers and CupCheck is going to transition into more of like an advisory role. So it's not like they're just kicking him to the curb now. I know. I see the reaction there, Keith. Maybe advisory and name only. How yeah. much say is he really going to have? I, I get it, but it's like all Tony
2: Soprano's buddies worked on on the show at the garbage company and that, where they showed up once a week to take the money and left. <laughs> that's that's the kind of advisory role. But it's fine. Hey. I mean, he's also he's I think he's sixty nine years old. So mm-hmm. like yeah, he'll be seventy in May. Like he's 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 probably ready to be done if if I yeah. guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey, a, a no-show paycheck? Wouldn't wouldn't we all be so lucky?
2: Man, I'd, I'd like one, that's for
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump over uh, to this. This is, is one of the big uh, signings in, in the bio market. Kyle Lowry is going to join the 76ers. Keith, I, I wrote about it for Basketball Bulletin. I said, I said the 76ers are the NBA version of a loading screen right now, and we're just waiting yeah. to find out whether or not Joel Embiid comes back and whether or not the, the program is actually going to load. Um, because if not, then that's, that's it, you know, that, that it's just going to crash and, and that's the end of their season essentially. But if Embiid comes back, then maybe this will, this will mean something with Kyle Lowry joining their team. I don't particularly believe Kyle Lowry has a ton left, but could he step in and occasionally make a spot up three or something if Embiid is on the floor and, and could that matter in a big moment? Sure. That that's possible outside of that. Um, there's uh, it all, everything for the 76ers depends on what happens with Embiid.
2: Yeah, it's they are not a title contender without Joel Embiid, and that's not. I'm I'm not exactly making a hot take there, right? I think we all would agree on that. If you get Embiid back and he's right and can be Embiid, then you're probably in the mix to some extent, at least. They did not do a ton to build up their team. I thought Daryl Morey did a nice job of getting Buddy Healed, who I think can help if they play super fast without Embiid and that seems Mm -hmm. to be the indication is a really push pace Tyrese Maxey is already a blur with the ball in his hands just let him push pace almost kind of mimic a little bit what the Pacers were doing when he was with them with Tyrese Halliburton and run up and down the floor and try to outscore teams and then I think what you do is if Embiid gets back you obviously transition into a to an offense focused on him and then what you do is you let he be your floor spacer at that point and build it out. And if Heald works out great, you can pursue a new contract with him this summer. If He doesn't work out very good. You can let him go and you, you move on and go in a different direction. So I, I think Philly did a very nice job of threading that yeah. cap space, future asset plan needle and all the other stuff with, Hey, let's try to improve the team right now. Their question is you're going to sign Lowry. And then they still have two more open roster spots. So My guess is you'll probably see a couple more vets come in or maybe one more vet. Maybe one of the G League guys, Ricky council had a nice game for them. The other day, maybe one of those guys gets converted and they just kind of move forward from there. But all around, I think Philly, I've seen some people say like, are they even going to make the playoffs? I don't even know that they drop out of the top six, even without Embiid, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's tighter than, than it certainly was for them. They are, let's see, they're two and a half games up on Indiana uh that's the five and six teams and then orlando is seventh They're still two and a half game or the two games up on indiana two and a half up on orlando so it's you have a little bit of wiggle room but philly you know, not it's by no means a lock they stay in the top six and if you don't have nba it just gets that much harder to even win in the play-in tournament
1: yeah exactly exactly you don't even win in the play-in tournament without him but uh, let's i mean Here's the here's the issue. So, and I, I was looking through this, trying to figure out, you know, who, who can do what and everything. And again, was looking at this for, for basketball bulletin earlier. But um, you look at the 76ers, they're two and eight in their last ten. Yeah. Like that's you look at look at right now the East, you look at a lot of these teams. Okay, you have a bunch of teams that are seven and three or 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 six and four or something like that. Okay, well, so those teams are gonna tread water pretty well, they're not gonna fall too far in the standings or anything like that two and eight if the team's chasing you or going six and four or seven and three you're gonna give that up pretty quick so they they yep. do need to stabilize things somewhat that cushion definitely helps but if you're if you're only winning two out of ten games that you're you're gonna fall fast
2: yeah it feels like to me I'm curious to see what you think they're only two and a half behind Milwaukee but that two and a half feels way different yes. than the two and a half they're ahead of Orlando like that, making up that two and a half feels like it's almost impossible. Where it feels like Orlando could make up that two and a half on them, and it's by the end of next week, yeah, it, well, that's we're going to the All Star break, but you know what I mean. Like by the time we come back from the first uh, half week of games at the All at the end of the All Star break, Orlando could have passed Philly or caught them in the standings. It feels like a, a span of you know four or five games they could make that up, and that's that's just weird sometimes when you look at that, and that's just how it feels.
1: Yeah, no, 100. percent That's exactly what I what I think as well. It'll be tough for them to move up, but they could fall. And again, it all it all depends on Embiid and, and kind of what happens there. Yeah. Uh, all right, the other move that we had on the the buyout market is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie joins my uh, Lakers. He'll come over, returns back home to L. A. We know the Mavs were another team that were interested in bringing him in, but he decides to go join the Lakers. Now, Keith, I looked at this as not only did, and we talked about this last week, he's probably the best player that's available on, on the buyout market. Buyout guys tend to not be guys that are going to move the needle a ton, but they can mm-hmm. come in and at least fill a role. I think he'll fit into that Dennis Schroeder role from last season as kind of a third guard in the mix with Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. Um, but I also think this is a little bit of a sign that that the Lakers, they're probably not super confident about, number one, Gabe Vincent coming back. Number two, him being himself when he does come back, if and when he comes back. So I think this is a good hedge against that because it was pretty clear. I thought they needed another player in their in their backcourt rotation, and so hopefully Dinwiddie can at least give them that.
2: I completely agree. I, I that's what I see this as is more than anything. I see it as we had an opportunity to, to snag a good player on the bio market. And we did, and it's a bonus that that good player is at a position of need. Because sometimes we see on the bio, sometimes bio moves are almost more of a, I don't want him to go here, so let's get him ourselves kind of thing. And that's like, I don't know that that was the case of this move. Maybe they didn't want him to go to Dallas. They're obviously trying to run the Mavs down if they can. But I think the Lakers are in a spot where, oh, we could use another guard in the rotation here. And now the nice thing we gave Vincent too is, Let's say we're after the All-Star break and it's like, all right, Gabe Vincent can't come back. Maybe Gabe Vincent can't come back and play eight to ten minutes a night every other game or something and just get him back healthy and ready to go. Because you have him on a contract for the next couple of years and you don't have to. Hey, you got to come right back and start playing 25 minutes a night because we don't have a third guard. Right now, and part of the reason the Lakers don't have a third guard is obviously Vincent got hurt. That was the role he was pegged for, but nobody else has really stepped forward. Jalen Hood Shavino's not ready, or at no. least in their opinion, not ready for it. And nobody else on the roster is really a lead lead ball handler type, like they're they're more off ball players. Like I like Max Christie quite a bit, but he's an off-ball guy. The the two-way guys like it's a little weird. I mean, we saw what was it, last week. At the end of the week, Skylar Mays was like one of the first dudes off the bench because because yep. they just needed a ball handler. So, I I think this is going to help them big time. Now, I know you guys, everybody who covers the Lakers, were uh, sharing the quotes of Darvin Ham saying he already likes the idea of uh, <laughs> three three-car guard lineup. lineup. Right, with, right, right, right. LeBron AD and. Spencer Dinwiddie, Daniel Russell, and Austin Reeves. And my response to your tweet, I think you tweeted something like, "Oh, it's happening." And yeah. my reply was, "Is that the A guard all five guys on the floor? D lineup? Like, like I just, <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand. Like, that seems like a very bad idea to 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 me, but." I, there's moments when sure you can use that and you'll be just yes. fine especially if you need to make up ground or you're trying to catch up but yeah let's 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 uh, let's hope that's not a uh, 20 minute a night kind of thing from from the lakers cuz they're, they're probably going to hemorrhage points pretty badly at that point uh, unless ad all of a sudden can uh, turn into like a marvel hero and multiply himself around the court and
1: the multiple just, man you,
2: do all those things yeah that, that's that's probably not going to happen
1: yeah i mean the, like so they actually, and most Lakers fans, react in in horror when we hear three-guard lineup. <laughs> because Ham last year, because they had this weird idea that Pat Bev was a wing last year, and so they ran Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and Dennis Schroeder all together in these lineups. Now, they didn't have a ton of other options, but still, they ran them all together. Uh, the big problem there was, though, none of them can shoot. And so you didn't get any of the spacing benefits, you would think, from having these smaller, higher-skilled players on the floor— and it was just a disaster, but we still remember that 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 pain is still there. Sure. So, last season, once it became D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, and Dennis Schroeder, and and Reeves and Russell can shoot, and Schroeder can be the feisty defender, it actually worked out really well, and the and the net rating was great. Not to say that's a lineup you can go to all the time, as De- as Denver showed us in the in the playoffs, uh, but it actually worked out well like to the point where it was one of their better lineups that they had to turn to. So I do think that some of the, the fear is a little bit unwarranted because we do have an example of it working that said, Spencer Dinwiddie is not Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder's defense is part of what made that click. So I think he's got to be very careful about which, which groups he deploys that lineup against, because that's, it's what Darvin Ham is known for, is going small. And ironically, Keith, I don't know if you've seen this, have you seen what uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. has been doing for the Grizzlies?
2: Yeah, he's been playing okay. He's, he's been, been doing been some stuff, yeah.
1: Pretty solid, and he was with the Lakers in the G League. Ironically, from what I'm told, the reason why he didn't get a shot with the Lakers was because he's too small. And and Darvinham is known for playing these smaller lineups, and that's sure. kind of where where Lakers fans get frustrated. But now Scotty Pippen Jr.'s with with the Grizzlies and he's shooting uh 61% from three right now. Obviously, that's not going to continue forever, but yeah. still good, good. I, for I mean, him. if it does, They're kind it's of funny. The,
2: it's the greatest player of all time. I mean,
1: there you go. I'm not
2: gonna rule it out. Yeah, Steph may be looking over his shoulder a little bit there. Um, okay. yeah, I think coming with, for him. <laughs> that's it. I think with Dinwiddie too, I think. What's important is you have to have him on the floor with either Reeves or Russell um, when he's out there, just because I think you need the shooter out there. Dinwiddie has been a very poor shooter this year and he's kind of been up and down throughout the course of his career. Like he'll have one good year. Then I'll have a bad year. I have one good Mm -hmm. year and a bad year. This year has been one of the bad years. Not to say it won't can uh, reverse or change, but I It it hasn't been a great shooting year for him. I, I think, but if you have him out there with Reeves or Russell, you have a shooter on the floor. He could clearly do enough playmaking, break defenses down. The thing I've noticed with the Lakers, when things kind of get a little sideways for them, it's when they have a little bit of trouble breaking down a defense off the dribble. Teams mm-hmm. can really extend their defense out. They push them up beyond the arc. And then they're basically pitching the ball around the perimeter and they take a bad jumper. Now you get Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie can hopefully – get by guys, get in, you get the defense cycling, get them in rotation, kick out to shooters, find cutters, those kinds of things. I, I think he'll really help them in, in that respect. And we all know at some point he's going to win a game for them, probably with some – like ridiculous pull up 30 footer with you know five mm-hmm. seconds on the clock that you'll all scream no when he lets it fly. Uh, the no, 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 no yes, play. yep, yeah, exactly. But it's just that's just what he does. He has one of those just about every year, so I I think one of those will probably come at some point. But yeah, I I look at this as there was nothing lost here, they, they didn't lose any opportunity to sign somebody better. They, they they didn't give him like a massive contract, they gave him basically the rest rest of the MLE and then comically, which he's done I think on his last two contracts a prior dollar. his one dollar bonus if he wins yep. the championship. So um that, that's always you know a funny thing. I I there's that I'm not gonna say it because I was gonna say there's part of me that wants to see the Lakers win the title and watch Genie Bus like hand him a dollar on the hand podium, but <laughs> there's actually no part of me that wants to see the you Lakers. You can't
1: bring win yourself to actually say that. I get it, yeah, I get it.
2: Yeah. So we can work that out at Spencer Dinwiddie's next home Whenever that is, uh, wherever he goes But yeah, the last thing I'll say A couple people said to the Lakers By giving him this contract Did you get any kind of benefit towards re-signing him? And the answer is no You you have his non-bird rights It's it's effectively a minimum contract It's just slightly more money So it it doesn't really do anything for them To be able to sign him as a free agent this summer Um, My guess is everybody kind of knows This is probably a one-year thing Mm-hmm. unless he wants to stay for, for the MLE next year if the Lakers are in position to use it. Otherwise, he's you know, probably here for the next, what, what do we got, four months or so in the season? Yeah. And then, Whatever then I'm out of here and, and I'm off to you know, wherever I'm going next.
1: Yeah, he's checking that box. I got yeah. to play for my hometown team and yeah. all that. He, we grew up in LA, went to Taft High School, yeah. which is also my dad's high school, uh, oh, which nice. is kind of an ironic uh, or a funny little connection there. But, but yeah, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, We'll, we'll see what he does. He should make his debut tomorrow night uh, against the Pistons. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: which, I mean, and they they it's going to be good, I think, for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I think it'll help them. Uh, certainly, I don't think it's going to hurt them at all.
1: So. No. All right, uh, speaking of buyout guys, Marcus Morris maybe lands with the Wolves. I mean, it makes sense that the Wolves will be high on the priority <laughs> list. Patrick
2: Beverly? <laughs> according to, to <laughs> Pat Dude, Bev. Um, Scherner, Patrick he, Beverly now? Like, okay, <laughs> um, for
1: sure what do you think about that fit marcus morris with with the wolves if that's indeed the way this goes
2: i wanted to see him get more of a wing um in there I, they, they did a good job getting the ball handler they needed when they traded for monte morris that's going to be a big big acquisition i think because of when it happened it happened kind of in the middle of everything else it got overlooked a little bit the morris pickup meaning the monte morris pickup for the wolves he's just going to be huge for them he's going to be able to reduce the burden on Mike Conley and just give them another guy that they can have. Uh that can really run the show when Conley's out of the game. Now, Marcus Morris, I think there's, there's maybe a little too much duplication between him and Kyle Anderson as far as role. Um, yeah, they're, they're just like the big, yeah, yeah, that too. Um, at this point in their career for sure. But, if, if you can find ways to maybe maybe you play the two of them or uh, maybe you can play one on when the other is out or whatever i think you're okay morris is he doesn't have the foot speed to defend wings the way he used to like i think back to when he was with the pistons then with the celtics or i guess with the celtics then the pistons then uh you know his time with the clippers he was not he he was a pretty solid defensive player then he's just not that guy anymore he just doesn't move his feet like that that said he shot very well uh for the Sixers he played much more of a four slash small ball five role with Philly at times the Wolves certainly don't really need that because they've got uh, Towns Gobert and Reed in those, those spots but I it's not going to hurt them if this is the direction they go I, I think it's a good pickup to fill out your bench just with one more guy who can play and then mm-hmm. if anything stupid happens again like jaden mcdaniels punches a wall and thinks he's punching a curtain now you could just have more step up and play more in the rotation and you're, you're probably okay all
1: right that's uh so we'll see if this actually again this has not happened but
2: yeah it's he's even been waived to... yet by san antonio right. for what it's worth because yeah. people were like oh when, when will he be able to debut and it's like when he gets actually waived by san antonio and what we see sometimes this is a good this kind of happened a little bit with kyle lowry Kyle Lowry like we all thought like okay Lowry didn't get traded which we kind of all knew was coming Mm. the Hornets will wave him by like 5 p.m. on Thursday it happened just yesterday I believe he officially got waived so sometimes it takes a couple extra days because sometimes the guys are hey I need to know from my next team what are my exact contract terms exactly will the contract start um because that can inform how much money they give back in, in a buyout so that's My guess is probably some of the conversation happened. And one of the things you might have these teams doing is, hey, we want to sign you, but we want to delay it until after the all-star break because we don't really have time to incorporate you two days before the all-star break or a game or two before. So just come in, join the team when everybody else comes back. For a guy like Morris, you might be like, yeah, that's a couple hundred thousand dollars that I might have to give up. If I'm giving up a couple of days, I'll just wait. I'll do the buyout at the end of the all-star break and sign on then. And we could see it go that way too. So just a little bit of a different thing here when sometimes people look, but yeah, for what it's worth, has not actually been waived yet. We'll see. My guess is it's coming. And then we kind of go from there.
1: All right. The Hawks almost moved DeJounte Murray at the trade deadline, or at least they say they were considering DeJounte Murray trades. Um, so things got a little dicey on the Hawks side of things there, but uh, now they are teams are wondering now that they didn't move DeJounte Murray at the trade deadline. Could this actually push Trey Young onto the trade market this summer? Could the Hawks uh, the, essentially we're looking at two things and Mark Stein talked about this on his great sub stack that the Hawks have Number one, come to the decision that Trey Young and Dejounte Murray do not work together, and number two, that by not moving Dejounte Murray at the trade deadline, that it opens up the possibility that they could just keep Murray and trade Trey Young rather than vice versa. Uh, what are your thoughts on on both of those concepts? But number one, do you think number one is true that Trey Young and Dejounte Murray simply don't work?
2: Yeah, I think that's been. Seen Now you watch them play. It's just, it's a little bit of an awkward fit. The hope was Dejounte Murray would make Trey Young's life easier. Trey Young could play, play off the ball more and they could run some stuff. And it just hasn't really come to fruition that way. Instead, what happens is Trey Young as one of the best players, our best offensive players, at least in the league should be. Have is he has the ball in his hands a lot and he's creating a lot of stuff. And that means DeJounte Murray ends up playing off ball, which isn't good. So then that leads to you're staggering them, which means Murray doesn't play quite as much. And it just gets, it, it's just been very, very messy as far as it fits. So I think that part of it, one is I think Atlanta has 100% decided this doesn't work. We need to move on from, mm-hmm. uh I still think it's probably more likely Murray, but I wouldn't be surprised yes. if they make it known like, hey, would somebody want to throw us a four first round pick offer for Trey Young? Because we're 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 not against listening uh to a trade offer like that. I, I think that could be a thing we start here in you know in June, beginning part of July.
1: And, and I've got up on the screen the, the salaries um from spot track. Obviously, you guys do a fantastic job keeping everything together with all that. Um a, a Trey Young getting to to a Trey Young number. Is going to be more difficult, certainly, than DeJounte Murray. But should Trae Young hit the market? Like, teams will be lining up with offers and, and trying to get him. There's no question. He's got more value. He's got more interest around the league than DeJounte Murray would. So I think the Hawks could indeed get some kind of a haul for Trae Young. Is it enough for them? Or will the same thing happen where it's, yes, yes, yes. Okay, we're looking at a deal here. We're looking. This is looking good. And then suddenly ownership gets involved. And they're like, oh, no, wait, we don't want to do that. That could happen. Atlanta has a history of doing this stuff. They did it with John Collins. Um, the question is, will they go ahead and pull the trigger on either of these guys? I think they'll, they. I think they will do one. I do still think Dejounte Murray is the most likely because they're going to reopen those negotiations this coming summer when more teams have draft capital available. But I wouldn't count out a Trey Young move either. And if I'm an opposing team, I'm calling and I'm saying, "Hey, uh, let's talk Dejounte Murray trades." And uh, you know, while we're at it, just curious, what, what would it take to get Trey in, instead? What are, what are your thoughts there? And off you go. And then you see what's yep. what.
2: I, I think the the kind of the cutoff here that you've got on the screen is perfect uh, for the Hawks because what it's going to demonstrate is for those who are watching, I'll try to, without reading a ton of numbers to people, I'll try to do it for those who are just listening.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster.
2: listening but you really want to focus on the second column because that's next year's salaries Mm -hmm. this year's salaries they're what they are they're they're all you know all good but trey young next year 43 million so to the trey young part of the conversation big number to match on but one of the teams that's been mentioned mark stein mentioned them i think jake fisher mentioned them a couple people did is maybe san antonio could be a team that says Hey, we got the big guy, we got Victor Wimanyama. You got he you guys would be amazing, pick and roll partners together, mm-hmm. and he could cover for you, right? Yes. He he can he can help, you know, on the defensive end. And I think one of the things that they might be looking at is hey, we got 20 million in cap space, maybe more if we get there, but we got 20 million in cap space, and so that really makes it do we only gonna send you 23 million. Well, now we're Keldon Johnson and somebody else, and we're there, and you yep. know, or yeah, I'd use Kelsey Johnson, but you could use a whole bunch of different guys if you wanted to. Or the Spurs may look at it and say, hey, we'll match for Trey Young using X, Y, and Z players. You want to get rid of DeAndre Hunter's contract? You want to get rid of Bogdanovich's deal? We'll take yeah. them too and go. The other part of it is if you flip down to Murray... Murray makes 18 million this year, super easy number to acquire. Next year, it just gets a little trickier because it's 25.5 million. So it just goes up and down. He's got a trade bonus in there. So that's also going to be a thing that that's going to have to get sorted as well. So that becomes like a, just a thing that you've got to keep an eye on with them. But here's the other part of this. Then you start looking at the other guys. You've got Clint Capella, 22.2. Hunter, 21.7. Bogdanovich, 17.3. Anyeka Kong, who already signed his extension, he goes up to 14. And then the last guy who's visible on the screen, Sadiq Bay, who's playing pretty well for them, is a restricted free agent. So all of a sudden you're in a position where, wow, we got Trey Young and a bunch of dudes who make combined well over $100 million. Then we get into these other numbers where it's like, man, these are starting to get tough. None of those contracts individually is a bad contract. None mm-hmm. of them. They're all fine. It's just all together for a roster doesn't fit great. That's where it gets tough. And the guy you don't see on there is Jalen Johnson, who a year from now will be having this conversation about needing a new deal. So we're just in a weird spot uh, with the Hawks where there's a lot of overlapping pieces. You've got two centers, you've got two point guards, you've got a bunch of wings and the wings that can't necessarily play together. And it just gets very, very messy. The last part I'll say about DeJounte Murray, I go back to the year Mike Conley Got traded to the Grizzlies that summer. Mike Conley was very, or got traded to the Jazz rather by the Grizzlies. He was very, very close to getting traded to the Jazz at the trade deadline. Yes, in the Grizzlies and Jazz, and contracts just too big. There's too many things to be worked out here. You don't have the additional roster spots because we're going to have to send you back like a four for one. You don't have. There's no cap space teams to help facilitate. Those trades often are easier made in the summertime because it's just easier to get to the bigger number. Murray's number is not super huge, but I do have to wonder if some of the teams are like, Hey, we really want him. But for us to get there, we need the extra draft pick that'll free up in not saying it'll be the Lakers, but that spot that they're in. Uh, There were a couple teams that are in that spot, or we got to really send you like two or three guys. We know you don't want two or three. In the summertime, we'll have that third team that we can send player X to much easier. We heard about that with D'Angelo Russell. In the summer, there'll be seven, eight, nine teams. That'll be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. we'll take on D'Angelo Russell as an expiring contract and figure it out and whatever with that. So it just makes it that much easier to make a move like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Summertime just opens up a lot more possibilities when you're trying to make these deals. And so, you know, this is, we're going to be talking about the Hawks a lot again in you know mid-June. They're going to come up again, and we're going to be talking about them all the way up until the draft and then into free agency. They're going to be a, a team to watch, certainly, on the trade market. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, speaking of the draft, does drafting Bronny land LeBron? Mark Stein said that there are already two teams that he knows of. There could be more, just two teams that he knows of that believe that despite the fact that LeBron has $51 million on his contract next year on a player option, that they believe that if they were to draft Bronny, they would get LeBron to take a lot less than $51 million to come and play with his son. Keith, this is absolutely fascinating to me, not because of just the Lakers aspect of this, but I don't know that we've ever seen this before in the draft where drafting a specific player, particularly a player that isn't seen as it, most dra- mock drafts have him in the second round if he's being drafted at all, but drafting him would be your path to getting a superstar a guy who's in the greatest of all time conversation. I don't think we've ever seen this before. I, I can only imagine what would happen to Bronny's draft stock. If it became known, like, known, if you draft him, LeBron will come play for your team. That would completely, it, it would send the draft into chaos. I, I can't even imagine like just the financial implications of doing this. The temptation to take him and get LeBron, even if it's one more, just one year of LeBron. Would have to be crazy. I mean that, I it, it maybe that even vaults Bronny up into the lottery. That it would be absolutely wild if that were to be the case.
2: Yeah, and what's tough is, obviously, we all want the best for Bronny after what he went through with the heart heart attack or yes. whatever. I don't know the correct medical term, but the the heart issue that he went through last summer. And it's great that he's back playing again, and he seems to be fine, which is awesome. He has not played great. He's not no. – the USC has not played great either. They, they've they've had some struggles. He's had some struggles. Talking to a lot of people who do the draft, and even in my own analysis, I struggle to even see him being a second-rounder right now. It's just yeah. not there. He just he, – he doesn't look that good. He's a guy who, quite honestly, should probably stay in school for another year, have a normal summer, and then really get after it yes. and see if maybe the team's better and he plays better. All that said, yeah – Team start sending a sign of, hey, you come out. We'll draft you. We'll give you the four-year rookie-scale contract. But we got to get your dad, too. That's different. And it's funny. I was laughing a little when you were like, I don't think we've ever seen this before. Well, yeah, because we've never seen an active dad. Right. But I mean, just a, can I,
1: even if even right. if a superstar player said, hey, I, I would love to play with sure. this guy yeah. if you get sure. him. You know what I mean? Yeah. We haven't seen that I was either, just but. laughing
2: about that kind of the absurdity of this situation. Not only is LeBron still playing, but LeBron is still good enough to even kind of wield that kind of power. This is not Robert Parrish, who's kind of always going to be my go-to of still playing in his 40s, but really playing out the string as like a bench backup, right? He was very much a deep role player. Donis Haslam, the last few years of his career, like LeBron's still one of the best players in the league. So you get into this spot where it is like, yeah, and now I don't think if the um, Detroit Pistons are like we draft them, you're gonna you're <laughs> like you're gonna sign here. I don't know that LeBron's like they would LeBron pick might certain like, hey, teams. I'm sure Detroit, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll ch- I'll see you when we swing through for a one awesome. year, year.
1: I'm gonna send you right? some warm clothes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah well, I'll buy you a coat mm-hmm. before you go. Uh, apologies thinking, to uh, yeah. to Bryce
1: and uh, Doug, exactly. not Dave McMenamin. <laughs> Sorry, and, and guys. Well,
2: I'm only picking on the Pistons because they're the worst team in the league right now, but I don't think Charlotte, I, I don't think there's a whole bunch of the teams that mm-hmm. are at the bottom of the standing. Yeah. But if you're like a New York Knicks, that is like, Hey, we've kind of always wanted this guy. And I don't know if they uh-huh. still do or don't, but we've got some extra picks coming anyway. This isn't going to screw us up. And if, if the idea is, Hey, we can get Bronny and then we can get LeBron in a sign and trade for 20 million a season and send back, Boyan Bogdanovich or whatever, plus draft picks the Lakers to facilitate and make it happen because he's leaving anyway, let's go, right? That, that could be a scenario that is not, it doesn't, it, it sounds ridiculous, but when you actually see it play out, stuff like that does happen. So this scenario is what would be crazy to this. So I, I don't know how many teams are really thinking like, yeah, we're going to draft Bronny right now to definitely yeah. get LeBron, but that buzz is only going to pick up over the next four months until the NBA draft. So get, get ready for it. I guess is the best way I could put that.
1: Now, I, I think one angle that we need to consider from this too, though, is what is, what does Bronny want? Yeah. You know, because that's, that's the other piece to this. Like, it's probably not going to feel great for him if he knows he got drafted just because <laughs> yeah. of his dad. Now, a lot of guys who are drafted, they're getting generational money to take care yeah. of their families and and that kind of stuff matters. LeBron is a billionaire with a capital B. That doesn't that that's not a factor for yeah. for Bronny. So, that's the other thing too where I look at this, I'm like, well, if that if he knows like, hey, I'm not going to get drafted unless my dad is coming with me, is that something that he or would he just say I'm going to go back to school. I want to get drafted on my own merit. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm thinking that's a, but that's got to be a factor in, in all of this too. Is that really the way, if that's the way this really goes, where it's clear he's not going to be drafted unless a team gets his dad too. Is that the path that he wants to take into the, into the league? That's, that's something to consider.
2: Yeah. I think with LeBron too, LeBron has basically been mapping out his career since he was 13 or 14 years old. And I don't know that even he thought he'd still be year 20 plus playing playing at this level because it's, it's just unheard of. But I think what LeBron maybe more than anybody, just because of the sense of how long he's been planning for this has an appreciation for everything that goes into the game. I think one, I don't think he'd want to cheapen things, especially for his own kid. I also think he knows, if this is how it plays out, let's just say it was that Knicks scenario. Yeah. They both They both go to the Knicks. They are going to have an incredible amount of pressure on them to not only be okay, but to be great. Yes. Because what, what the expectation is going to be is, hey, LeBron, you better be awesome because we gave up whatever we gave up to get you. Plus, quote, unquote, we used a draft pick to pick your kid when maybe we, we shouldn't have. And then that's going to put a pressure on him and a pressure on Bronny to, hey, you better be actually be worth it. Because we know, and and I use the Knicks as an example, but that's going to be anywhere this happens. You're going to have fans that are going to be like, you better be, you still better be LeBron that can lift us by yourself into contention. Otherwise, this just isn't worth it. Like that's, that now if it's the Thunder with one of their 700 first round picks, right? They're they're probably a team that should definitely do it what difference is you miss on one who cares is right really? exactly i don't know if, if lebron retires others. two two years into a deal with you, you just wave Bronny if he's not good and move on and you're you're probably out nothing so uh, I, and it, and,
1: you, and you made a fortune off of two yeah, years of lebron yeah, revenue yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah so yeah so i mean there's definitely there's definitely scenarios at play i think where this this could happen and and you know as well as i do there's already the buzz of how much sway does he hold over the lakers is he going sure. to Force the Lakers into drafting Bronny, right? And and I've even heard some people say like, what happens if Bronny declares and then the Pelicans are like, actually, we'll go, we'll take the pick. Yeah. <laughs> then then what happens, right? So, but at that point, I, then it's great. We'll find a way to get a second rounder and we'll draft him that. Yeah. Like it's it's fine. So I it's I I'm, I I'm morbidly curious to see how this all plays out. <laughs> it, but I don't. It's gonna be fascinating. I, I don't love the like whole like like optics around it. Cause I, I just, I feel for the kid more than I feel for anything. Like I feel like, yes. you know, I, I want to see him to an extent do what he can to kind of make it on his own and, and get there on his own merits. So, you know, but if he can make, I don't know what it will be at that point, but 12, $15 million of money himself just does. I mean, great. I, you know, nice. I'm just going to yell at my dad for not being a great NBA player and getting me drafted. <laughs>
1: yeah um that that would would not be a bad consolation 12 to 15 million you know yeah. i i i wouldn't turn it down i don't think.
2: yeah I mean, i'm sure he's gonna cry all the way into his money pillow like scrooge mcduck
1: <laughs> like where he he dives into the vault of coins <laughs> yeah. and swims through coins yeah yep. yeah yeah oh scrooge good good times good times um so let's let's get to this. By the way, speaking of, of television, JJ Reddick will be on the NBA Finals broadcast. Is is JJ Redick becoming the NBA's Tony Romo? Is that is that yeah, where this maybe is, this a little bit, kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Romo got to do the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, yeah. I, and I I guess sure. people love him or hate him. I like him. I think he he breaks down the game pretty well. But yeah, um, he
2: gets he talks a little this is me saying this um so it's very ironic but he talks a little too much um okay. for, for my liking but yeah i like rome i like the way he breaks stuff down and you know I, he, he gets so excited like that's the thing i like he yes. has passion what i like most about jj Redick is jj reddick is not like well when i played like jj yeah. reddick is like no these guys are good and some of the guys who say that they're not good i played with those guys and they're just as good as those guys too so yeah, yeah, I think JJ Redick's great. Uh, I think I think Cam, uh, Mike Breen, and, and uh, Doris Burke is a great trio. Uh, I think it'd be really, really good, highly enjoyable. They all know their stuff. I think it would make for a good broadcast. You're not
1: getting; he's not so far removed that you're getting the the these guys are soft. In right. my generation, we did this, and this, which yeah. I always hate. Like when the the it. older generation of players and the guys yep. that we grew up loving just. Want to tear down all the guys from today for for their accomplishments or or playing the way that they do, they do or, or whatever? It's like, man, just these guys are great players. Celebrate the the great players. But yeah, um, but yes, yeah, so big picture. Yeah, I agree. I think JJ Redick will be great, and uh, it's a fantastic thing for him for sure.
2: Yep. Yeah. Big time.
1: Um. Okay. We do have still a lot. We've got some some injuries to get through. I guess let, let's talk about this one let's go here the bill to relocate the wizards uh dies so we all know you know how bill becomes a law schoolhouse rock all that kind of stuff uh but in this case uh the bill to relocate the wizards has has died for the time being it could be reintroduced at some other time but for the moment, it looks like the wizards will will stay put
2: yeah everybody i know is like leave them where they are i've heard yeah a million people say i'm not driving all the way there i don't begin to know i've driven through that area it's not like they're moving
1: to seattle or something
2: yeah and and i don't like my my general understanding is it's not great to get into downtown but if you live where they're talking about moving is like southwest of uh downtown dc Mm -hmm. and anybody who lives on the other side like getting closer to the maryland side of dc is like it's going to be a nightmare to get out there like i don't want to travel out there to games and i know a lot of people use trains and public transportation to get to the wizards games that i've heard i have friends who live in that area that are like two of them are very excited because this is way closer for them like i won't have to go into downtown where they're talking about and then i have two friends who are like this is terrible and i want no part of it so it's it it's tough. And I think anytime you're talking about moving a team out of a downtown area, I think it gets a little ugly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. Um, one more thing that I wanted to, to run by you and we do have, we do have some other things that we're going to get into some things that are on our list that we'll save to, for tomorrow. In fact, we yeah. did just get some injury details coming out. sounds like Terry Rozier avoided any kind of serious injury on Which his shoulder. Good, so.
2: That looked Nasty. Yesterday. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought I was like, well, he's done for the year. Like, it just yeah.
1: So we've got some stuff like that, some injury updates and things to get into, some ten-day contracts and and whatnot, some Bismack Biyombo signings and things <laughs> of that nature. But before, but we'll save that for tomorrow's show. Before we get out of here, though, a little uh, unscheduled nonsense. Deadpool three. Yeah, we got to see. We got to see part. Of, I thought it was interesting that all the movies now during the Super Bowl, their commercial just says, "Go online and see our trailer." Um. But it's
2: gonna be too expensive, right? It's they too expensive, be, that's that's just, what it is, yeah, right? And we it's know you just, yeah, we'll tweet it five seconds later and you can just watch it there. So, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so I, I definitely did. We, we, you know, watched the trailer. I yeah. need to go back through it with a fine tooth comb. You know, I know like new rock stars, and stuff do that yeah. where they, they're, they're gonna tell me everything that I missed, but um, I'm excited for this one. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, Keith, what I really like is that my wife went, went I like the Deadpool movies, I, I want to go see that. I'm like. awesome okay all right i'm like i get it i get it it's a ryan reynolds thing right that's that's what's going on here she goes no i just think it's really funny she goes and i like ryan reynolds but uh i'm like okay well this is this is cool then so i we're we're gonna get to go see that in the theater and i'm really excited for this one to see deadpool and wolverine this is going to be um i think this is going to be the biggest marvel movie in a while they've had a few that have just not lived up to expectations this one is going to have people really excited
2: I think you have the combination of people really like those movies. They are very adult, so people like those, they're funny. And this is for like the the nerd folk like us. This is how we're merging the X-Men universe into yes. the MCU because this is this movie exists in the MCU, so we're going to see it kind of all come in together into play. So yeah, I can't wait to see clearly it's uh, involves the TVA, which yep. we've seen uh Deadpool spoiler alert, but Deadpool 2 involved uh some time travel elements. Yep. So I'm guessing that's how that is tied together. Um, you know, with, with that. So I think that's gonna be be a fun part of it. I'm now I'm curious, is Loki gonna show up or mm. you know, are any the people from the Loki series gonna gonna pop in there? Cause they're yep. all obviously with the TVA. So uh what 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 uh, uh the string of the multiverse does this exist in you know that's in the whole other part of this right where where that's gonna be something and the reality is we got the marvels which people hated on the marvels i really liked it i thought it was i thought it was pretty funny i thought it was well done i really enjoyed it um the family enjoyed the marvels too but i think um people are ready for like give me that big marvel movie again yeah it feels like this one might might kind of be, be it. i feel like people are like oh, i'm ready to you know come back and it's the only one this this year they, they yeah. do not have another movie coming out this year so there'll be some tv stuff it sounds like towards the back end of the year but this is it like this is they're, they're kind of putting a lot on this one's got to kind of get us there so so I'm very very curious to see what it comes up but i'm really excited that'll be that'll be a day one like i'll be there. Oh, yeah. to watch with, what's the do it? we
1: know the release date the exact date i know it's just yeah, july day,
2: uh, something um hold on i'll tell you Wanna say May 24th?
1: No? Oh, I thought it was July.
2: It is July. You're right. July 26th. So oh you know, summer I think, vacation. I
1: think that is that is the day I get back from vacation. Nice. There you go. That's Perfect. Gonna, that's gonna be a busy time. Oh, All right.
2: We should say
1: summer oh, yeah
2: came out July twelfth through July twenty second. Move back. Week Later than usual. It's a week later because yep. of Olympic stuff. There's a million things going on with the Olympics, so an Olympic qualifiers ahead of that, and everything. So it got pushed back a week. So obviously, we'll let y'all know what our plans are for summer league and when, it, if, if, when we'll be there. Just because that all gets gets pushed back a little bit. Also, kind of nice though. Most of free agency should be done. Um, you know, unless of course LeBron opts out and then none of free agency will be done because he'll decide sometime around like August 13th and then everybody else will do what they're going to do because mm-hmm. that's what LeBron does. But yeah, it's a, so summer league dates came out 12th through the 22nd for anybody wondering mm-hmm. out there. Anybody wants to get a jump on making plans or anything like that. But yeah, uh, there's a chance I might be on the crew on a cruise during Deadpool. So hopefully it'll be a mm-hmm. ship where I can see it. That'd be nice. That'd be nice so, um, cause I, I enjoy going to the movies. I enjoy going to movies on the cruises. So so that'll work work well for me. So yeah, man, I, I'm I'm fired up. I, I I think that uh I've been avoiding because it trends on Twitter like yeah. every other day. Mm-hmm. And I've been avoiding clicking on it because I don't want to see any more stuff about it beyond what hey, spoilers. they intend for us to show. Yeah, I'm like all right, I know Wolverines and it they haven't they haven't hidden that from the beginning. And it does sound like they maybe, I don't know if it was an official name change to deadpool and wolverine from deadpool 3 or if that's just like a i don't know you know funny joke but yeah i'm psyched man i can't wait
1: either way it's it's gonna be exciting i i can't wait for it uh um, again i'm i'm more excited for this than any of the marvel movies that we've seen in, in the last couple of years so this is a big one and um let's go let's go i'm excited <laughs> yep all right I think that about does it for today. Once again, make sure you subscribe to the Front Office Show channel here on YouTube. Check out the Basketball Bulletin over on Substack. I'll drop that link in the description below. We'll finish up our news breakdown for tomorrow, some of the injuries, some of the different 10-day signings and things of that nature, as well as whatever else crazy stuff happens in the NBA world between now and then. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.